This is Lon Winters with Graphic Elephants. This is Jimmy Lamp. This is Matt Masala with the RhinestoneWorld.com. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by... My name is Terry Combs RG. Regular guy. And Aaron Montgomery. We're just regular guys having fun and uh, trying to, to make a living in this really cool and exciting industry. I think we all want to succeed 100% of the time. Seek to understand before I try and make myself understood. Bring a ton of great information. Coming to you live from somewhere dark, dirty, and dank. It is Friday, March 17th, 2023, St. Patrick's Day. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Mary Montgomery, and you can find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. Uh, today, Terry and I are going to be joined by Vincent Driscoll, a host of ASI's podcast called The Social Angle. So uh, The Social Angle, right? What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about using social media effectively um, in the promo industry and, and really beyond, right? So um, excited to have Vincent in here with us. Uh, he was very gracious when we had the uh challenge a couple weeks back where uh terry was traveling i was traveling and and eric got sick so the the three amigos were down (laughs) right it was like the big bang we were all going different directions and (laughs) couldn't communicate with one another at the wrong times right (laughs) just these things happen um now first time for us in uh 489 shows that we ever had to uh skip one that i can recall so exactly uh, exactly i can't think all the way back to the beginning that we ever had to uh well now we've had a guest not show up a couple of times and uh and and aaron you would say hey what do you know on this subject mm, i could do 40 minutes on that <laughs> <laughs> we got this um so no but uh vincent was very gracious and and uh said no problem he'll he'll join us here today and and he is in and we are excited to talk to him so uh very appreciative of of him being flexible with us so being a fellow podcaster he knows our pain <laughs> yes he does he does he does so um excited for that today terry we are uh, really looking forward to uh, on this saint patrick's day we've got our green on kind of a light green um i will try to adjust so you guys can see my socks later um you know but uh I, I do have some St. Patrick's Day themed socks that I think I need to share. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to that. But before we do that, uh, we've got a, a new segment from Cassie Green over at the, at the Apparelist. So, Terry, are you uh, ready to hear from Cassie here? I would love to hear from Cassie. What's up, regulators? I am so happy to be joining you guys again for another segment of news. Um, I know you're anxious to get back to Aaron and Terry and everything they have to say today. So I will briefly share with you some interesting headlines from around the industry this week. First headline I want to share with you. Proposed California recycling bill sheds light on growing sustainability regulations in the apparel industry. Um, so this new bill is, it, it's still proposed. It's not in session yet. It's not been made official yet, but it's called the Responsible Textile Recovery Act of 2023 or Senate Bill 707. It would make California the first state to require its fashion manufacturers to help set up free collection sites in every county where consumers can drop off unwanted items, um, you know, if it's passed. 
the language of the law can be a little bit tricky. So I did enlist the help of Printing United Alliance's subject matter expert, Gary Jones, to just kind of help break this down about what it means to apparel decorators, because it can be really easy to look at this and say it only applies to big fashion brands, but that's quite simply not true. So um, he helped explain some of these nuances. In a nutshell, apparel decorators could be considered producers of products that would fall under this law's umbrella. And if they are considered producers, they may have to pay a fee associated with each product. So it could get pretty expensive. Um, you know, even if a decorator does not fall under the classification of producer, um, it will still likely drive up some prices that will eventually trickle down to the decorated apparel industry. So this is definitely something worth paying attention to um, of note importance. We have to pay attention to these changing regulations, whether we want to or not, right? Uh, in other news, next headline, next level of partner, next level apparel partnership with Oratane highlights push to improve cotton sourcing in the apparel industry. So I'm kind of sensing a theme here, right? Um, a lot of sustainability talk going on, a lot of supply chain talk going on. Um, if you all have been paying attention recently, there's lots of conversations surrounding cotton sourcing. I believe Adrian Palmer from Screen Point Magazine recently shared something about this. Um, so what does this uh, entail? Recently, Next Level Apparel announced an exclusive partnership with Oratane. Oratane's a company uh, using forensic science to verify the origin of products and raw materials, in this case, cotton. Next Level states that this partnership allows it to conduct scientific verification of its cotton products for the benefit of consumers and the broader decorated apparel industry. Again, this is a hot topic right now, guys. It, it not only plays into sustainability and all that good stuff, but it also has to do with the supply chain and cotton sourcing. Um, it's no secret that the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act was passed last year and had massive implications um, there's been a lot of talk about certain apparel suppliers around the industry doing similar programs like this. So definitely worth paying attention to. We're starting to see real change in this segment of the industry, and I just find it very fascinating. Third and final headline I have for you guys today. Multicraft and Rock US announced grand opening of new showroom in Chicago. Feels like we've seen Rock US in headlines a lot lately, um, but they're doing a lot of really cool things. So this showroom will be called 1907, the Chicago Print Easy. I love that. Um, who doesn't love a good speakeasy right now? We've got a great Print Easy coming to Chicago. Uh, it's basically homage to the history of that year in relation to the city of Chicago. You can find more details in the article about that. The grand opening celebration will take place on March 31st. Um, it will feature two special effects prints from Made Labs' Brian Lassard and Multicrafts Jimmy Ormond, a showroom and facility tours, equipment demos. Um, they're gonna have a signature rocktail drink. Gotta love that play on words. And local food truck tasting. So just overall a really fun event if you're able to make it. Um, we do have details for registration and everything else in the news link, as I said. Um, so lots of fun things happening around the industry this, guys, that I'm, this week, guys, that I'm really excited about. Um, I hope everyone has a really great end to their week. Back to you, everybody. All right, Cassie. Well, thank you very much for that uh, news report. Lots of good information in there and um, uh, plenty of things to go check out and keep keep up to date. I appreciate that uh, 
uh, Printing United and, and the Apparelist are, are keeping us up to date on all the happenings around laws and regulations and, and everything else going on there, Terry. So good, good stuff. Yeah, you know, Printing United is going to be upon us before we know it. I was uh, just thinking today we need to put our foot on the brake. It's the middle of March already, and 2023 is uh, is zooming by the window here. Uh, yes, stop saying that stuff, Terry. Come on. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, real quick, uh, we, we got the dad joke before we get Vincent in here. And um, uh, so, but uh, before we get to that, just wanted to say hi to some folks that are checked in and are checking in this morning. Um, so we've got lots of people checking in right away. We've got Jerry and Jerry <laughs> and Todd over at Fat Dad Wholesale and Mo. Good morning. Also, uh, David Gross from Condi Systems checking in. This is happy St. Patrick's Day all. Um, so good stuff there. All right, Terry. Well, um, you've got another fantastic dad joke for us. I, I think, uh, my last one was kind of a groaner. So can you, uh, help us out here? <laughs> well, we haven't had a good zombie dad joke for a while. So, uh, here you go. You ready? I am. <laughs> All right. What do you call a zombie who writes music? What do you call a zombie who writes music? A decomposer. <laughs> we definitely need a rim shot for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we do have the drum roll. Now I need to get a rim shot too into the sound effects there for for the buttons. Um, all right. Well, Ramona right. says we're ready and she giggles. So good stuff there. All right. Well, all one, right. one last thing before we get to our guest, uh, just a quick word about a program that I'm really excited about inside of our success group. And then we will get Vincent in here to talk social media. So, Eric, whenever you are ready. So I want to share with you three mental states most business owners struggle to master. It's goal setting so that you believe it's possible. It's facing fears to be able to step outside of your comfort zone. And finally, taking action, even when you're not sure what action to take. Now, 90% of the challenges business owners have faced have nothing to do with the nuts and bolts of running a business. It's not the accounting, the production, or even the marketing. It is the mindset. Now, as entrepreneurs, we need to cultivate a mindset that we were never taught in school. All right, Terry, little cliffhanger for folks there. So uh, just go over there. I, I promise all the information's there. We just didn't have time to uh, share it all here. So if you go well, to run OSP. Out of time, you, me, Eric, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, um, so if you just go to osg.link forward slash mindset, it takes you right to the full video. You can hear hear my whole take on on mindset and how entrepreneurs can uh, utilize that. Thank you, Eric. Osg.link forward slash mindset. All right. Well, uh, Terry, David would like to know if you're going to Taylor Swift tonight. I did see that. Uh, no, David, I'm not. Are you? Uh, I, I live one mile from uh, State Farm, the Cardinals uh, football stadium. And uh, all I know is they're warning everybody that lives around here and taylor swift kicks off her tour tonight uh and then again tomorrow um and so they're just telling us all how to avoid the traffic and how many exits on the on the 101 are going to be closed tonight so <laughs> i'm going the other direction all right all right good 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 but all right hey, well, Eric, go ahead 
I was just going to say, before we jump in, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. We are always looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com forward slash two, the number two, regular guys with your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, wherever you do your podcast listening, we are there. And if you're watching us live, please join in with your comments and questions about social media. So, Aaron, let's yes, move let's do that. Let's let's get those comments and questions happening here. So, um, we want to welcome in Vincent Driscoll with uh, ASI's The Social Angle, and uh, so welcome him into the show here. Vincent, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for uh, for being here with us today. Absolutely, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's. I want to get right into. It. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. You know, give us. You know, sometimes we'll go. Oh, let's read a bio. But you know, it's always better to get it from from yourself here, and and then just kind of give us a little background of sure. uh, you know your getting into the industry and and where you got to 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 get your podcast started so um give us the elevator pitch of who vincent driscoll is (laughs) the elevator pitch um i'll I'll do my best on that one so i started at asi in 2007 so this is um i'm in my 15th year at asi i i was started as more of a um website uh manager so to speak uh you know we were looking into uh, making all of our, our news content digital and moving it into a content management system. Um, but then social media for business sort of happened in around 2009. And my boss came to me at the time and said, look, we need somebody to really own the social media part of the business. We need someone to create uh, you know, a presence on social media and re- post content on social media. And that fell on me. I had no idea what I was doing at the time. This is back in, you know, the, the 2000, 2008, 2009. And, you know, since then I've, I've evolved with, with how the platforms have changed. I've had a lot of experience in knowing what not to do on social media. I've made a lot of mistakes over the years. I think uh, a lot of people, um, you know, in this industry can appreciate that because, you know, I hear it all the time. I hear people, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm making mistakes. I, we all make mistakes and I've learned from them. And I just like to take the experience that I have and use it in the podcast. I started the podcast about 2018. So this is the fourth or fifth year I've been nice. doing the podcast. And I try to tap into the experience of people who are using social media, doing it right and coming up with you know 30 40 minute podcasts case studies on how people are using social media successfully in this industry awesome i love that i i'm picturing myself in 2009 and and someone coming up to me at my desk saying hey we want you to be in charge of social media and i'll be like i'm on it and uh, they walk away i'm going to call aaron hey what, so what is this twitter thing i <laughs> help me yeah <laughs> Well, there was really no, nothing you could do wrong back in 2009. It was the wild, wild west, so to speak. You could do whatever you wanted at the time, and there was no right or wrong. So you just had to figure it out. Uh, now it's more you know if you're doing something right, doing something wrong based on metrics. I mean, you have so much available in 2023 uh, to, to help you figure out how you're doing. 
So I think it's, you know, we'll talk about that this shortly, but I think there's, there's a lot that you can do to kind of refine your approach to social media. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's such a good, like, like you said, you're taking those experiences, those uh, learning opportunities, right? Some people might call them uh, failures or mistakes, right? But the reality is the people that we look up to, the people that we look to as, as experts, they've just, you know, they've just had mistakes in us so far and learned from them. So um, I, I love that you're bringing that to, to, to your space and, and your industry. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes, Aaron. A lot, a lot of mistakes. right here. I hear that. <laughs> and I still make them, and I'm okay with that. And yeah. doing live streams, this is another uh, facet of social media. I'm really bullish on. I really feel like people should be doing more live streams like this. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who who are so resistant. They're really good at what they do. They know their business inside and out. They're constantly on sales calls. They have great personality, but they're afraid for some reason to get in front of a camera and do social media and live streams. And they suffer from this imposter syndrome uh, where they yeah. don't think that they're good enough to, to use this technology. The technology, the social media is really just the medium to get your message out. You're doing it anyway in other ways, right? Social media is no different. Like just use the technology that's available to you like the live streaming and it'll come naturally for you. It should, I mean, it's, it's yeah. part of what you do. And, and I, I'm excited to talk about some of the things that you should be posting. Um, and I know that's, that's part of the agenda. I want to jump ahead yeah. there. No, no, that's great. <laughs> Already getting gold nuggets here, guys. So uh, yeah, hopefully you've got your junior yellow legal pad handy, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just getting ready to hold it up. Look, <laughs> so, so let's jump into this. Uh, and and uh, all you regulators out there, get your pen, get your junior legal pad, and get ready to write. Uh, uh, Vince, uh, Vincent. Vince, <laughs> we had this conversation Vincent, before Chenzo, the show. I've been called, you know. Okay. <laughs> it's your mother speaking, Vincent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My mom calls me Vincent. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what should our listeners be posting? See, I th I, that's a good question, uh, but I think that posting content or whatever you post, I think that should be further down in your strategy. I think what what you need to really do is come up with a strategy first. What do you want? What are you looking to do with your social media, right? Um, do you want to be on all the platforms, or do you want to be on one platform? Where's my audience? Uh, and and all of that should factor into coming up with a strategy. You should be able to figure all that out. How much time and resources do you have available to social media? Um, if you are very limited, which is the majority of this industry, you know, yeah. smaller companies, mom and pop shops, people wearing many hats, social media might be something that you can invest only an hour or two a week. Yeah. You don't want to be on all platforms if that's the case. You, yeah. you can't be on all platforms. In fact, if you're on all the platforms and you don't post on it, it's worse than not having a presence on those platforms. I've always say like, just because you have a, a presence, if it's an active and you're not doing anything with it, it's a total failure. It's better to not have a presence at all. So figure all that out. If you only have an hour or two, find out which platform is the best, where your audience is, where you're going to have the best ROI in terms of you know, your time and your effort. To me, I feel like Facebook is one of those platforms that everyone in this industry um, could benefit from in one way or the other. Uh, I'm a big fan of 
of groups for Facebook. Facebook groups are where people are doing business in this industry. I also feel like you should have a presence in terms of a business page uh, on Facebook. Facebook is, is almost like a digital yellow pages for your business. People will search and because of the SEO aspects of Facebook, you will come up high in a search if you, your business has a presence. Um, and there you should have all your about us information, your telephone number, your website, all of that stuff will come up on page one of Google if you do it right. And you want to come up because if you're not coming, if you don't have a presence on Facebook, your competitor might. So to me, I feel like that's a no brainer. Um, so as far as what you should be posting, right? To me, I, go, I try to think of the 80-20 rule. Um, and I use that for social media. 80% of what you post should be informative, educational, entertaining. Like this is stuff that people are going to s stop the scroll for. Like I, I think of social media when I scroll, what do I see? Sponsored content. I see people posting hard sales. I'm like, this is stuff I, I, I'm not interested in. You want people to stop that scroll. Give them something interesting. Uh, posts uh, content about your business, behind the scenes. Post nitty gritty, like creating stuff. People love to see how things are created. The final product is nice, but show how it's made. Show off your employees. Show off. Uh, you know, what a day in the life is at your business. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that people like. It's relatable and people like relatable. If they sort of connect with you in that way, you, you come off as genuine, authentic, and people will remember you as opposed to posting like, bye, bye, bye. Like I see, I still see that on social media, yeah. uh, not only in this industry, I see it all over the place. And nothing makes me want to scroll faster through than somebody who's trying to hard sell you on social media. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And then 20%, uh, the 20% should be about your products and services, what you offer, a, a softer sell, not, not something that's really like a hard sell, but more about like what, you know, what's, what's going on with your business. Yeah. Some of the things people might be interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Like sharing your excitement about what it is that you're working on and, and things like that, that kind of can lead to a sale. Cause I, I, I love that you shared, you know, people love to see that kind of how it's made the behind it scene. It actually made me think of the show you can find on the discovery channel called how it's made. And, right. and, you know, it, it's a kooky little show. It's kind of corny The the, but um, they've done 26 seasons of that. So there's a reason yeah. for, for the right. fact that that's still around. So anyway, um, well, you know, I, I, and I have people in, in my screen printing classes and, and we talk about this and they were like, nobody wants to see me print a shirt. I'm like, are, are you serious? Everybody wants to see you print a shirt. Have you never had somebody walk into your shop and they make a beeline to your press? Right. So is that, how, could, could I print one too? You know? So yeah. everybody wants to see it. When yeah. I go to ASI shows, uh, and we have suppliers on the floor doing uh, printing. There's always a crowd around that, yeah. always a crowd. Yeah. Uh, people love to see that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. So real quick, um, one of the regulators here, David Haynes, had a, had a question when you were talking about the camera. He says, I'm not afraid of the camera, just afraid of giving out free information too much. How do you find a good middle? What, what would be your advice there, Vincent? Um, I, would, I would need to know more about like what the, what's the information that 
you would be giving out for free. Um, yeah. Like well, uh, and and let me let me add to that. Uh, David is with Corel Trainer, and and so they sell training services via the internet. So how how much is too much? I think that's a oh, a great I see what question. you're saying. Like I I mean, I would give sort of like a, a teaser into what someone could get, and you, I mean, you see it you see it even with media nowadays where there's a there's a really good story that they're promoting on social media and you're like, Oh, I want to read this. And you click on it and then it's gated. You read the first couple paragraphs and all of a sudden it tells you, you want to read more, you have to like log in and all that. I think there's a way that on social media, you can tease enough where yes, you might be giving away a little bit, but don't give it all of it away. Um, certainly encourage people to take that next step. Uh, you know, because look, we all want, we all want that, right? We all want uh, the sale. We all want people to pay for, for our time, for our service. But with social media, social media is free. Get on there and, and pique their interest. I, and I think that's one of the things that I, I promote a lot is really giving people a reason with social media uh, to have an interest in your company. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Like what, what you just said right there, I think is so key. You know, give them a reason to have interest in your, your company. Right. And, you know, again, I think the other side of social media and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Vinny is, is um, it's really also about getting them to know, like, and trust you. And so right. you do have to be out in front of the camera. I, I agree with you that live streaming is such a great tool for that because we get to sit around and have this conversation and people can see how we interact with each other. Right. And that, that's right. going to gain that confidence. So, so I guess the other thing on this here, when we're getting into the, the details of this is how much is too much. Can, can you post too much? What, what's, what's the, you know, should I be posting every day? You know, what's the, what are you, what are you seeing as some of the guidelines there or are there? <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a great question too. And that really comes down to resources again. Uh, if you have a team of social media people, certainly you're going to be posting more. You're going to be on multiple platforms. But again, if you're a small business, which I think a lot more people in this industry are, my, my advice is be consistent. If you choose to post maybe once a day, you're on Facebook, right? And that's all you have is, is a Facebook presence. And you post once a day at, say, 10 a.m. Um, and you do it. 10, 10 a.m. for five days a week. C keep that consistent. Now, if you notice that you're not getting much engagement at 10 a.m., you can you can start to refine your approach. Move it to 12 or, or 1 o'clock. Move it to 4 o'clock. And then over time, you'll be able to, to take a look at the metrics. And Facebook is one of those networks that provides you with really good metrics that tells you when your audience is on and when they're most active and when they're most engaged. And you should be able to see that in the metrics itself. Now, what's too much, what's too little. I mean, again, it's relative to your business, how, how okay. big a business it is, uh, you know, how much uh, your, like how many um, uh, people are, are part of, like, for instance, we, we have multiple people in our social media who are posting. Uh, if you have that, you have if you have people in different departments who are going to be posting, make sure you coordinate with them. Um, but to me, I feel like if, as long as you're consistent, uh, you know, you're going to see some value in, in in that. Yeah, I like that. Well, so, you, you know, uh, I have a question, too. What, what about 
people or companies that post the exact same thing over and over and over again? What, what's your feeling on that? Because I, I, I'll, I'll be like on Twitter and I'll say, I, I, I read this yesterday. That this here it is again. It, it's Twitter. Twitter's a little bit different. Uh, a tweet has a shelf life of I think 15 minutes. So once 15 minutes is gone, that tweet has uh, very little chance of being seen unless people are going to those those profiles. Um, right. So the, the feed, 15 minutes, it's gone. So that's one network that I'm okay with people posting multiple times, several times. If there's a piece of content that you really want to push out there, Twitter is okay to do that. Now, each network is also set up so that you can create ads out of your content. If you want an ad, if you want to spend 15, 20, 25 bucks, you can do that on the platforms so that that piece of content remains out there and is targeting people that you want to target. So when I say target, like Facebook allows you to target the people that either follow your page, uh, look like audiences, which are people that are very similar to the audience that you have. So there's a way of getting content out there um, for a dollar value, of course, because these networks, when I say they're free, yes, they're free to a certain extent, but they're also <laughs> in the business of making money. Um, but you can, we do it all the time at ASI. When we, we have ads that obviously we have marketing ads that we post on um, our Facebook page, but also when we have a piece of editorial content that we feel is particularly strong and we want it to reach more people, we'll spend 25 bucks, 50 bucks, and we will sponsor or boost that piece of content. Uh, and that really, I think, you have, you have to be careful when you do that sort of thing, because if you're putting too much money to it and you only have a small audience and you're pushing it to your audience of 100 people, those people are going to see that piece of content multiple times. And when you have ad saturation, when you have a piece of content that you continually see in your feed, it's going to cause issues in terms of people are going to get fed up. They're like, I, I've seen this six times a day and all of a sudden they unfollow your page and that's the last thing you want. Yeah. So it's yeah. it, there's really a balance there. Uh, but I, I do understand where you're coming from, Terry. When people post something too much, there is there is a balance there. You have to make sure that you know what you're posting is it's it's not too much. It's, you're not saturating people's feeds with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's here's what I'm hearing. And regulators, you tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, what you're saying is, Terry, if you're seeing the same post over and over again on Twitter, that maybe you should go outside, uh, talk to people, um, have a have a life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> life is good. Also, well, Terry, Terry, it, it could be that you're only following a handful of people. If you're following 10 people, you're going to see somebody's uh, the same content all the time if they're posting it multiple times. Now, I follow... I think 8,000 people. So the chance of me seeing something from somebody posted multiple times is small. So it there's it, it's again it's it's relative to how your your presence is set up. Um, but there are people who really will post the same thing six times a day on Twitter. I'm like, what are you doing? Like that's too much. Do an yeah. ad if if you're gonna do that, just create an ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's good. And, and I learned something that people actually still go to Twitter. So I, that was shocking to me. Hey, that's my network. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. No, no, no. Yeah, look, look, people over there, Eric or Aaron. Twitter, Twitter is a tough network for this, for this industry. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think it's a tough network for, for a lot of industries, but there is a, a big presence on Twitter 
because a lot of people go to it for news and information. I know I go breaking news is where I, I find all my breaking news on Twitter. Uh, tr because trending topics there are so easily accessible. Mm -hmm. I know what's going on. Uh, it gets to know who I am and knows what I like, and it serves me those trending topics. So I like, for instance, you know, I'm a sports guy, any of my sports team, if there's something going on, I, I see it. Uh, so the eyeballs are on Twitter, whether or not you can use it for your business successfully. It's not the network that I would put at the top in terms, at least for this industry. Yeah, I, I agree about the breaking news because uh, Bill Self, the coach for uh, Kansas Jayhawks, uh, wasn't going to be coaching a game last week. And I'm like, what the heck? So I went straight to Twitter to see what people were posting about it. And, and, right. and oh, he's in the hospital, this and this. And yeah, this. So I agree. Uh, it, it didn't do anything for me business wise, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't ever I never kind of defined it. But you're exactly right. That's I did the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I, I follow thousands of people, which makes it even more sad that mm -hmm. I see the th same thing over and over again. I'm going to go outside after the show. Well, they might not be active. You might follow a lot of very inactive people. Oh, true. That's true. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's I think there's some confusion about where do I go from here what what platform should we be using and you talked about Facebook but uh, does it differ depending on your target audience well when I mentioned Facebook uh, for this industry and I, I I've seen this I, I look when you when you're part of a group that's very active like we have we have a couple of groups in this industry promotional products professional group um, the ASI members exclusive groups uh, they're very active. Now, who do we have in those groups? We have distributors and suppliers. And the people that are in there, and I see this all the time, they are doing business together. And how are they doing business? Well, somebody has a question. Um, you know, maybe a distributor has a question about uh, something. A supplier sees that, hey, there's an opportunity here. And they reach out to them. It, it's a perfect group for that, the, the mutual uh, group is is set in place and it's perfect for our industry now that's just our like the our group now there's groups for every type of interest niche you just have to go into your if you go into facebook and you just use their uh search engine and their search engine is very powerful you can find groups for just about any interest that there is on this planet and you can find your target audience just by joining these groups. And the ASI members exclusive group years ago, when we set it up, I think it was 2018 or 2019, um, we had people using the group and this one guy, I forget his name now. Um, it'll come back to me uh, by the end of the podcast. Uh, he, he wasn't in there just posting his content, posting his products. He was in there having fun. He was creating videos of himself, introducing who he was. He was showing his goofy, lighter side. He became somebody that people got to know. And you, and Aaron, you, you mentioned no like, and trust. He was helpful. He responded to people when they had questions. So when there was an opportunity where he saw an opportunity to get in there, he was a supplier, to have a relationship with a distributor. He took it offline. He messaged this person. He and he ended up getting the biggest sale he's ever had in this industry. And he, and he was in the industry for 20, 20 some odd years. Wow. And he used our group to get his, his biggest, uh, his biggest sale to date. 
And that is, I think that's the power of, the, of groups for, for Facebook is that you can do business with people right there in those groups. Now, as far as having a Facebook page, I mentioned earlier that you should have a presence uh, just because of the SEO aspect of that. If you don't do anything on your Facebook page in terms of content, that, look, I always say, like, if you got to post something, post once a week, that's fine. Um, but you should have a presence. That's one platform that I'm okay with you not being as consistent because what Facebook has done over the years with their algorithm has really put business owners on Facebook in a bad position because we have 15,000, 17,000 followers, something like that. When we post a piece of content, it'll reach maybe 250 people. And I'm like, this was never how it was. When I first started, when we posted content, it would reach thousands of people. And I was like, this is great. But then Facebook now wants to wants you to pay. It's like a pay, you know, pay pay for play. You, you need to start paying Facebook. They dangled the meat in front of you and said, "Hey, this is how it can be." Now they're going to take the meat away, and now you have to you have to spend money. So, Facebook. I understand when people get frustrated. I post content all the time. I don't get any engagement. That's why Facebook is so challenging. They want you to 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 boost content. They want you to spend money for their ads. Um, now, as you know, I, I mentioned Facebook. Instagram is a really good network in this industry as well. It's very visual. Uh, you can do a lot with Instagram as well. Uh, you know, and I and you could post videos. So a lot of what you create, you can create content. I feel like create videos. Videos are the medium that we that we should all be doing, right? Everyone everyone loves videos. If if you're scrolling through and you see a video of Aaron Montgomery or Terry Combs doing something, you're going to probably stop if you know them. And that, if you could, if you create one piece of content that's a video, you could post it on any network. Uh, LinkedIn, you could post video. Twitter, you could post video. So there's a lot that you can do on any of the networks uh, as long as you're creating video. Um, now, as far as LinkedIn, I, I wrote an article this this year about how LinkedIn, I feel, is right now the most important network for this industry. I think there's been a shift uh, on LinkedIn for this industry where it used to be very buttoned up, very business-like. Now it's, it's, it's less buttoned up. People are doing some really great things. I think of Mitch Silver from uh, Printable Promotions. He's doing some really great stuff on, on LinkedIn. He is basically letting his guard down, talking about himself, talking about his business. Um, he is, and it's long form content. He is, he's posting these big, not articles, but almost like um, little uh, challenges that he faces. And he, and he posts them and people read them, people respond and he stands out. There's a, there's a lot of that going on on LinkedIn. So uh, it's hard to say which network you should be on because I don't know who your target audience is. I don't know where your audience uh, is thriving, but I'll tell you like LinkedIn right now is, is really hot. Yeah. Wow. That's some really good stuff. Go ahead, Terry. 
Well, I was just going to say, and and uh, while you were talking, I, I was envisioning in my mind. Um, <clears throat> I've I've had people come to my classes before who are influencers, and and as I'm watching them, um, it's like they're missing the whole class because they're looking for nuggets to post, nuggets to post. So there's the influence. I think there's the natural influencer, somebody like you were talking about, who is. Uh, posting about themselves and sharing uh, issues and problems, and the other, the other side are the people who are just looking for content to get followers and and calling themselves influencers. I I think there's a I think there's going to be a shakeout at some point in time where people want real content. Am yeah, I, I missing mean, that, the mark there? No, that, that's a good point. I I you know I feel like uh, younger generations uh, are are more tuned into being the influencer, so to speak. And I see a lot of this on TikTok. I see a lot of um, people in our industry, a lot of brands uh, tasking the social media team to do influencer type of content, which look, if you can balance something business oriented with um, something fun, uh, TikTok is a, is a completely different animal. I, I, I feel like uh, there's a lot that you could do there with the influencer mentality. But to me, I, I, I kind of agree with you, Terry. I feel like um, the influencer, uh, the, the idea of being an influencer just to create content for content's sake, it, it doesn't really 100% work for all the platforms. Uh, but I do think if you look on LinkedIn, you look on Facebook, you go into some of the groups uh, the Facebook groups, you're going to see how there are a, a lot of really good influencers in this industry who create great content, who have uh, the industry's, you know, the, the interest at heart, and they're doing really good things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like that's really good information. I, I see you write notes up there, Terry. So uh, <laughs> you're definitely getting something here. Um, so real quick, um, and I know maybe you talked a little bit about this already, but maybe kind of reiterate for us here. So Michelle Wilson, regulator here says, uh, we have a Facebook page and post daily. The same posts get posted to Instagram. Would you recommend a Facebook group over a page? And I, I know you kind of talked about the difference, but to maybe reiterate that for us a little bit. Um, sure. So Michelle, um, when I'm not exactly sure if she's saying, should she go into a group and spend her time in a different group or create a Facebook group? I wouldn't create a Facebook group. I would join some, I would join groups. For instance, like I said, Promotional Products Professional is a great group where you can uh, connect in the industry, uh, ASI members exclusive group. But also if you're trying to target niche, um, you can just go in and search. Now you say that you're posting on a daily basis. Uh, you, so maybe instead of posting content on your page daily, you can spend that time in groups trying to forge relationships, uh, get to know people, find out if there's some sort of relationship that can be built. Uh, and, I, and I think that's where the value of Facebook comes in. You can't just post content on your page and expect all of a sudden uh, your phone's going to ring and you're going to start to get sales because that's not how social media works. It's about relationships. It's about, uh, you know, forging, um, you know, the relationships that you either have or building new ones. And I think that that is really where the groups 
solidify Facebook's value. Facebook, if it wasn't for the groups, I would say Facebook is, is really on its way out because as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's, it's hard to get any type of reach and engagement organically on your, on your business pages. Uh, it's important to have that digital yellow pages for your brand for sure. Cause you want to come up high in the SEO, but as far as creating content and spending time on your page itself, it, it's a, it's hard to do because you're not going to get, you're not going to get the ROI that uh, you think you're going to get. Now I would definitely spend time in, in groups, take the yeah. time that you normally spend on your page or creating content and put some of that time in the groups. Yeah. I love that. That's such great, great advice. In fact, uh, Michelle says, thanks. That makes more sense. Um, and I, I think the key point and uh, that you're bringing up here is the fact that <clears throat> social media, right? You, you said it, it, it's about creating engagement. So the, the content's one thing, but that content should drive you building a relationship. Does that sound correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, I meant, I mentioned Mitch Silver earlier and he posts, um, multiple times a week, if not daily on LinkedIn, he, he, he posts very thought, thought provoking content. Now, when I see his stuff, I will read it all, you know, I'll click on it, expand it, read it all. And you know what that does? It has nothing to do. Sometimes it has nothing to do with his business. It, maybe it's a personal thing, but you know what, when I'm, when I'm scrolling through and I see his stuff and I read it, I remember it. I remember Mitch Silver, and that's what you want to do. You want to you want to stand out so that when somebody has a problem and they and they need a solution, you're going to to be top of mind. You're gonna like people are like, mm, who can I? Oh, Mitch Silver. Like to me, I feel like that is a uh, a a winning formula for social media. Is you want to be able to stand out from the crowd, and if you do that, you're going to be able to build relationships. You're going to be recognizable. Uh, and, and the way you do that is by creating content that I hate to say, it, a lot of times has nothing to do with this industry, be authentic, be real, uh, you know, sh show, show who you are. Uh, you can, you can still do that and show the business, like, as we mentioned earlier, show, you know, the behind the scenes, the nitty gritty, uh, that to me is, is a winning formula for social media. Love it. Love it. Perfect. Okay. Well, let's. <clears throat> I want to go back to where you kind of started us off at earlier, where you talked about, you know, having a strategy first and foremost. I, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of times I think we want to, you know, I think marketing, I think social media, and I just want to dive right in and and I got to post on every network and all this other stuff. And um, so I, that's kind of a big part of what our success group is all about is, is let's get a plan together first. Let's, right. let's think this through, but but where should somebody start? How, how do we do that? Do you have some tips for people to kind of get started with building their strategy? Yeah, I would think about uh, in terms of like a content calendar, um, what what do you have bandwidth for? Like, what can you create? What it, what can you offer? Uh, again, that really comes down to looking at your time and resources and, and trying to figure out what can I do on social media? Um, what am I going to post? Is it going to be... Uh, text-based? Is it going to be video-based? Like really come out with, I look at like three, to, we try to look three to six months ahead. Uh, at ASI, it's easy. We have a content calendar. We know what's coming up. We know that we have our state of the industry content in the summertime. We know that, you know, you know, our 
our digital content, which we also have a couple print editions uh, still uh, a couple times a year. We know we know what we're, we're creating and we have a calendar. So if you don't know, that's okay too, because a lot of times the best content can be based on trends. Like to me, today's March 17th. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. March 17th, 2017 was my first live stream ever. My boss came to me and he said, look, this was when Facebook was starting, you know, they were pushing live, live streaming heavily. They're like, it was everywhere. Live streams, get on live streams. So my boss at the time came to me and said, look, I want you to go live. Uh, and I said, well, what do you want me to, to do? He's like, I don't care. Just do anything. So it was a Friday. It was March 17th, 2017, just like today. Um, and, you know, I, I got a couple of guys and I said, look, can you, can you guys assist me on this live stream? They're like, yeah, sure. So what I did was I brought in four different styles of beer and I brought in green food coloring. And what we did was we made, we made green beer out of four different styles of beer. Uh, and we drank the beer on a live stream and it was the silliest thing, but it was, we got over, I think, 1200 live viewers. This was at a time when the algorithm hadn't been affected, but we had like over 1200 live views. We had tons of, of comments. It was great. It, we had a blast. Obviously we were, you know, we were having beer at work uh, on <laughs> March 17th, cool. <laughs> but to me, I, I, I felt like that was something that, you know, God, was it six years ago? Uh, you know, we just jumped on it and we did it and, and it was fun. Um, and that's what doing live streams should be. I'm a big fan of that. Like, just get on there, have fun, jump on trends. And when I say trends, like I look around, it's like, okay, the Oscars were last weekend. Um, if, if it was Monday morning, something crazy happening during uh, the Oscars, do something Oscar worthy on Monday. Um, a year ago, we had Chris Rock, you know, who got slapped by right. Will Smith. The, the Monday after that, social media was nothing but that slap. Now, if, if you want to have some fun, you could have jumped on that. You could have jumped on that slap. We have March Madness going on. There's tons of stuff that you could do trend-wise that you're not really it's, – it's not built into a content calendar. Uh, you just have to kind of pay attention what's going on, what's trending, and just have a little creativity. Think, okay, how do we – how can we do something fun yeah. with our business with this trend? Oreo did something a couple years ago during the Super Bowl where the lights went out. Remember this? Yes. Within five minutes of the lights going out, Oreo, and look, Oreo's got a huge production team. They probably, people working 24, seven around the clock. They created something on Twitter that went viral because it was something about being in the dark with, with, with the cookie. And it had like over something like a hundred thousand. I mean, it, within minutes, it had over a hundred thousand likes and shares. It was amazing. I'm not talking about that kind of commitment to trends. I'm just <laughs> saying like, if something is trending, you could jump on it and have, have fun. And fun <laughs> is what people like on social media. A lot of times people go to social media, get away from business. So give people something that will, that you, they'll remember you by. And, and that's what I, I try to do on social media as well. That's awesome. Great what great advice. advice. Yeah. Well, what about this? What about uh, people say, Hey, I'm, I'm posting things. How do I know if it's effective or not? What, what, what metrics can I use to, to, to determine if I'm spinning my wheels or not? 
Yeah, I, and that's a tough question, Terry, because again, I get questions from people who are like, I post really good content on my page and I'll look at their page and they have 50 followers. And I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. Like you don't have many followers. A lot of times the followers are relatives and mom and dad. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like, it's really not the optimal audience. And th that's unfortunate because you really have to build the audience first. And I always tell people, look, if you're going to commit to these platforms, make sure that you promote these platforms on your marketing collateral, you know, get them on your, get the links on your websites, uh, you know, encourage people to, to like your, your, your pages. And eventually you, you'll get to the point where you have a good following, a good enough following that content shouldn't need, uh, you know, a boosting, you know, of course I mentioned Facebook, Facebook, you know, will always need some sort of help to, to get that message out there. But, Again, I think that you need to have a, a critical mass of people for that to work effectively. Yeah, yeah, that that's a really good point that you got to kind of build that uh, build that audience, and and that is somewhat of an organic process. But but I've discovered, it, you know, definitely for me and and the other people that I talk to is, like you said, you've you've got to build it into your your like you go out into the world. Do people know that you have? a Facebook page that shares this kind of information or content or whatever the case may be. So Right. And, and there's no magic bullet. And that's another one of my favorite terms. Like it, it wasn't, it's not going to be built overnight and you have to work at it. You have to, you have to continue to promote it. You have to be consistent. Uh, you have to make sure that there's content, everything's up to date. T to me, it's, if you're going to invest in social media, you've got to invest in it. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what you talked about then too, about, you know, you don't need to be on every platform and, and, and you should be consistent and focus in on, on what, you know, what your resources will allow you to focus in on because, right. because of that very fact right there. So really good point. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about myself. It's like, I got to get rid of some of these things. Yeah. I, I, I keep hearing consistent, consistent. So, so you're saying, don't put your message in a bottle, put a cork in it and throw it out in the ocean, set it free. That's yeah, <laughs> essentially. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got another uh, question from one of the yeah. regulators here, Todd Downing over at fat dad wholesale. Um, he asked, how do you think AI will help with social media in 2023? That's a really good one. We, I just did a, um, a podcast with Mike Freestone uh, over at MIPA, and he uh, he is in charge of writing their newsletters over there. And he his cover letter story had he had Chat GPT write it for him, and it's scary how incredible this tool is, how powerful it is, because if you you can ask it to write things, and it, you'll it'll actually write something in less than a minute that it might take somebody, you know, a week to write. And when I first saw that, that this AI tool was out there immediately, I'm thinking my high school self would have been like, I'm writing all my papers through chat GPT. <laughs> like this is like uh, high school just got so much easier and uh, I'm not in high school anymore, but, but as far as like, how will it help with social media? It, look, can you have chat GPT, write your tweets, write your social posts for sure, for sure. But that to me, I feel like is, is a cop-out. What I would use and what I do use chat GPT for is to push me in the right direction, you know, ask it questions like, uh, like 
how should I frame a question like this? If I'm having like writer's block, you can use ChatGPT to to assist you in, into getting to where you know you need to be, but you're having trouble getting there. Look, yeah. I think there's a way that if you write an article and, and when I say you, I mean ChatGPT writes an article. <laughs> I think there's a way that they can verify if it, that was written by an AI tool. So if somebody just copies it and pastes it somewhere, I think it can say, okay, this was written in ChatGPT. So you can get caught, you know, having yeah. ChatGPT do your job. Um, but I don't, for social media purposes, I don't think that that's a problem. I think it, it, it definitely can help in terms of helping you get that get the right message out yeah and and i think you kind of talked about this earlier just in general about social media i mean that, that's exactly right I, you can use it to get the creative juices flowing to get those ideas started but that's just the front end of what social media really is people are gonna if you're just always posting these you know what looks like creative things and you're never actually engaging in the conversations right, you, right. you're you're i think to me what i found is social media is more about your your engagement in the comments afterwards which chat gpt can't write that for you right, right they can't be right. you right so. right and i think if people know the authentic you they'll know whether or not it's you or not so uh, a quick story i uh chat uh, this uh, what college was it i forget what college it was um there was just a school shooting and this college was addressing the school shooting and they actually it was supposed to be the letter from the actual um, dean or the president of, of the university, and they they actually had ChatGPT write it, and it came off so inauthentic and so cold that people were like, "This this is terrible," and they had to come out and have a statement and they apologized. Like it, it was it, it was in the interest of saving time, but it it really fell on on. It was it was tone deaf and fell on deaf ears, and it was just it was terrible that they decided for a school shooting that they were going to create a yeah. uh, you know they were going to address it and use ChatGPT as a ghostwriter, and it it just didn't work. Yeah, uh, so tone deaf. Had, yeah, yeah, very tone deaf. Um, yeah. So there are things. Look, if I know you're writing Aaron or you're writing Terry, and then all of a sudden I see this strange you know, verbiage. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like Terry. I'm going to know. I'm going to yeah. be like, yeah. but I think from a generic point of view, uh, which a lot of businesses use on social media, almost like a, um, uh, almost robotic voice. I, I think it's fine. Like for me, yeah. I'm the ASI's voice for Twitter. I would never use chat GPT to write my tweets, but maybe I would use it to assist, you know, for something like LinkedIn or, or, or Facebook. Yeah, I, I'm I'm picturing every high school kid right now saying, "Okay, I need a book review for Old Man in the Sea, but not too good." Know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throw in some some grammar errors and some <laughs> right. typos. Yeah. Please misspell this word repeatedly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But all yeah. right, well we we're coming down to the end of our hour. Um, this has been awesome. H how can our listeners reach out to you? How can they find you? Well, they can find me on on Twitter, but. <laughs> So many people don't use Twitter. I'm at ASI Central on Twitter. Uh, but you can also, you can go to The Social Angle, which is asicentral.com uh, slash the, the Social Angle. Uh, you can also uh, reach me at V Driscoll. It's V-D-R-I-S-C-O-L-L -L at asicentral.com. 
Excellent. And make sure you guys are, are subscribed to that podcast over there. Um, if you have not already, um, in fact, I think Eric just had a bitly link up there for us. So if you could pop that one more time, Eric, sorry to throw it, throw it at you. So it's bitly B I T dot L Y forward slash S O C P O D. Um, and I'll and be following you on Twitter cause I like Twitter, Aaron. <laughs> I know. This, see, Vinny, this has just been our great debate, so it's, it, it's okay. We, we have Wait. blue cheese and ranch with chicken wings, and then Twitter, <laughs> Facebook yeah. too. So that's yeah. All right. Well, uh, Vinny, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and uh, looking forward to uh, to talking with you again real soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Vinny. Awesome. Terry, really good stuff, man. Um, I, I have two pages of notes. So yeah. anybody would like me to send you, <laughs> I'll have to actually copy it and mail it to you. <laughs> I was going to say, Terry, you could um, take a picture of it and post it on Twitter. I could do that. I for, could do that. I don't know minutes, if I want to, these are, these are awesome nuggets that only we and the, uh, the regulators know now. So there you go. There you go. So, um, and, and thanks for all the great questions and comments. You guys appreciate you, uh, you jumping in there and, and participating as, as Terry mentioned the regulators there, but, uh, Terry, we're, we're a little bit into bonus time, but, uh, just real quickly, where, where are you heading? Uh, well, uh, big I, travel continues to grow. <laughs> yeah, the big book of travel. I, I wasn't uh, expecting to, but now I'm going to be at the Equipment Zone booth, uh, number 128 at Impressions Expo Atlantic City. It was just going to be the East Coast folks, but uh, now I've been requested to come out. And I'm going to uh, also participate in a uh, in a panel discussion on Saturday there. And uh, I'll uh, on uh, Twitter, I'll be posting some more information about that, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny is well, I won't know anything about it. Me on Twitter. You're the and I'm like I didn't even know what that is, and you got me on, and then I got fifteen thousand followers, and then you decided you hated Twitter. Yeah. So. yeah. The, com the competitor in me is like, dang it, I can't be Terry. All right, I hate it now. <laughs> uh, my complete screen printing business course. I will be at Atlas Screen Supply April twenty second, twenty third. I will be back at Workhorse Products in Phoenix June third and fourth. Coming up at the DAC shows in Minnesota and Chicagoland. I'll be doing everything you ever wanted to know about DTG and DTF printing and the ultimate seminar for successfully using special inks. All my upcoming events you can find at terrycombs.com under tour dates. How about you, Aaron? Yeah, I've got a few things coming up, but I, I did want to just, if you are a podcast listener here, by the way, and you've not checked out a live show, I would highly encourage you every once in a while just to pop over uh, and and check it out, maybe on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. But because um, like, uh, as I just remember watching some of the facial expressions that Terry made at different times, or we have a lot of fun in, in person too. So yeah. it's hard to pass Absolutely. that along to the podcast side, but um, real quick for me. And then I can also share what Eric's got coming up here. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm really excited about is this uh, mastermind programs and, and doing masterminds and, and kind of helping community leaders. So if you're somebody that uh, you, you believe um, either can bring a group together or has a community that you'd like to kind of extend the uh, learning and abilities for them there, if you'll go to mosmasterminds.com and just check out, out the information um, I, I'm, I'm looking to partner with people to bring more masterminds. I have a, uh, goal of, of fostering over 10,000 people through the mastermind 
kind of idea by the end of 2025. And the only way for me to do that is I have to partner with others. I, I can't run that many mastermind groups myself. So <laughs> um, this is the program to do that. It's MOS Mastermind S MOS Masterminds.com. And um, then uh, you mentioned Dax, uh, Minnesota and, and Chicago land, but um, that will be the next uh, place where I will be out into the world there. Um, just outside of Minneapolis in uh, at Treasure Island Casino. Lots of fun out there, March 31st uh, and April 1st. And uh, our success group will have a booth there, booth 606. And I'm presenting three seminars. Uh, the first one is the simple art of working on your business. Uh, the second one is the five keys of marketing. And the third one is called getting your life back. When we talk about, well, I'm going to give it away. We talk about priority management. People think it's time management, but it's really priority management. So, um, and then Terry for Eric uh, today, I believe is uh, episode 146. Uh, drawing for digitizers, compounds, shapes, and ornament, in which Eric is going to break down the way he divides shapes with complicated outlines and compound shapes, even when it's not clear in the source art. So I'm um, going to be some great information as usual, always, uh, you know, college level uh, free information over there at ericcampbell.com. So head over to that website again, ericcampbell.com and click on the take up tab at the top. And that's going to give you all the links to go check that out. And uh, you want to tune in live today at 2.30 Mountain Time to, uh, you know, share your comments, questions, insights, and, and thoughts there and, and participate in that amazing program that, uh, again, 146 episodes. Great job, Eric. High five to you, sir. Um, he will also be at Dax, Minnesota. You got to get there a day early. Um, you don't want to miss Eric's longer class that he is doing on the 30th. And then also, if you're going to Tinley Park, it'll be on April 13th. Uh, that, that longer workshop is entitled uh, Build Up Your Digitizing Design Elements and Execution. Uh, it is a fantastic intermediate class. So if you want to get more detail about uh, digitizing and, and really kind of take your digitizing to the next level, this is worth you getting there the, the day early. It's a great program. I've heard lots of good things about it. Um, and then the day, the first day of the show, um, he does have a shorter seminar that you can catch uh, called Embroidery RX, a digitizer's view. And uh, that'll be on the uh, 31st if you're in Minnesota or the 14th if you are in Chicago. So. There we go, Terry. That's that's the upcoming travels and uh, good stuff happening. Yeah, you know, if I were an embroiderer, I would never miss anything that Eric uh, <laughs> had on the internet. I mean, it's just such great, great information. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, really good stuff, and and uh, you don't don't want to miss that. Even though I'm not an embroiderer, I still want to hear what Eric has to say. So there you go. Um, <laughs> All right, Terry. Well, we are into bonus time here pretty good. So that's that's awesome. Thank you so much to Vincent Driscoll for joining us today. Make sure you check out his podcast, The Social Angle. Make sure you go over there and check out ASI. Um, they do a lot of great work, great content. He mentioned that state of the industry program that they did. So we're going to effort to get them back to talk. I don't know if that's uh, Teresa again, or maybe, or maybe Vincent wants to come back and join us, but um, really good stuff happening over at ASI, Terry. So we appreciate Vincent being here today. Absolutely. I love that state of the industry content. It's uh, it's uh, eye opening. But we also want to thank uh, our show producer, Eric Campbell, for all you do and uh, e extra work today, getting everything uh, taken care of. So, Eric, as always, thank you. Yes.
Definitely. Great job, Eric. Uh, so next week, everybody, we will have Craig Calling, who's going to be stopping by. Um, he's a equipment finance guy. And so he's going to be helping us kind of look at that stuff, uh, payment and finance options for small business owners. Uh, Terry and I have known Craig since he really got into this industry. We started yeah. with him back at uh, our U.S. Screen Days. He was our, right. our first to at least mine. I don't know if you had worked with anybody else before that, but he was the first guide I'd ever worked with to help people kind of get set up with equipment finance. So we'll have a little bit of uh, old home week as well and, and uh, really get some great information out of Craig. So I can't wait to talk and, to him. And he being a Phoenix, Phoenix guy as well. So yeah, you guys can, maybe you could have him in, uh, in your place there and you guys can yeah, just or something sit right here next to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until then I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. And we are the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.